0: I always find it funny when my wife calls me pastor (laughs) but there you go that's good that's good well good morning again good morning it's so so good to be able to be together isn't it it really is and it's great to come around the word of God together and what a promise we've just heard what a promise that we have been given by Jesus I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it amen amen well today as we come and we gather around this word our focus will be on the church we're continuing on in our series on the creed uh, and we come to this statement and i'll be honest i've been very very excited about this statement and preaching on it i believe in the holy catholic church now, for weeks and weeks I've been telling you this is not, it, it does not mean what we think it maybe means or what it sounds like. And I believe it's important for us in our East Belfast context to emphasise this reality. By declaring this statement, by declaring that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, we are not pledging allegiance to the Vatican We're not pledging allegiance to the Pope or to any other religious figure or to the Roman Catholic Church. But actually, by stating that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, and it's with a small C, not a capital C, we are actually declaring that we believe in the Church. We believe in the people of God, past, present and future. The word Catholic, which is used here in the Creed again, emphasizing it with a small c it does not refer to any specific denomination or any group of christians but rather the term comes from two greek words that together mean throughout the whole throughout the whole in essence we are declaring that we believe in the general universal church of jesus christ does that make sense yeah. So it was Jesus's prayer in the garden of Gethsemane that his disciples that we would be one as he and his father are one. So as we journey this morning confident in the promise of Jesus that he will build his church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let us look at the type of church The type of people that he calls us to be. Let us look at what it means whenever we say, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And let's do so keeping in mind that the church is not a building, just as our video told us, but that the church is not bricks and mortar, but rather the church is the people of God gathered and scattered here and meeting in other places up and down the road and all throughout the world the church is the bride of Christ but before we do that let's pray together shall we let's just come to the Lord in prayer Lord we love you And we pray now that as we come and we gather around your word. That you would unveil the truth of your word to us. That you would speak to us. That you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. To speak to us. Lord that we would have ears to hear what it is. That the Spirit says to the church. And that we would leave. With a deeper knowledge of the people that you have called us to be. And with a zeal to put that into action. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, it's very important to know who you are, isn't it? Have you ever met somebody who doesn't really know who they are? Right? It's important to know who you are. For copyright reasons, I can't show you this clip this morning, but I'm going to explain a clip of a movie to you. Has anybody here, quick show of hands, seen the animated Disney classic, The Lion King? Right? So plenty of people have seen The Lion King. It was released in 1994. And given that it was released 27 years ago this month, I'm not going to feel bad about spoiling a scene for it, because if you haven't seen it, what rock have you been living under for 27 years? you haven't seen it, oh well, I'll get you a copy. Anyway, there's this scene in the movie where Simba, the main character, who is the rightful king of the pride, he's having a bit of an exponential crisis. He's just having, in many ways, a crisis of faith. He's at a crossroads in his life. His father, Mufasa, died trying to save him from a stampede whenever he was younger. And his evil uncle, Scar, convinced Simba that it was his fault that his father had died. Right? As a result, Simba ran away and went to live in the far side of the kingdom and made some new friends along the way. Most notably two by the name of Timon and Pumbaa. Two lovable, lovable rogues. Meanwhile, Uncle Scar has taken his place as the king of the pride. He's told everyone that Simba is dead and is running this kingdom into the ground. It's actually a really sad state of affairs if you watch the movie. But after running into Rafiki, who is a baboon and a friend, not a buffoon, a baboon, right? A baboon and a friend of Mufasa. Simba is challenged to remember who he is and is reminded that he is the rightful king of the pride. And when he's with Rafiki, he sees a vision of his father, Mufasa. And he is told the following, and I'm going to do my best Mufasa voice and hope I don't wake the girls right? Simba. I'll not do the voice, right? He says, says, you have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. Remember who you are. You are my son. This morning we gather as a Christian people. This morning we gather as sons and daughters of the Most High King. We gather to worship Christ and to give the praise and glory and honour which is due his name. We gather for his name. And millions upon millions of others throughout the world will do the same today. We gather for his name and we bear his name. You probably know this, but in the Greek, Christian literally means little Christ. Little Christ. But I think if we're honest, many of us, Are a bit like Simba. Many of us are a bit like Simba. We have forgotten who we are and more worryingly we have forgotten whose we are. Do you remember that old hymn by SJ Stone? That name might not mean anything to anybody but if I say the first line And the first verse of the hymn, many of you will go, oh, I know that one. The first verse of it goes like this. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her. And for her life he died. This is who we are this morning this is who i am this morning this is who you are if we have believed in our heart and professed with our mouth that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father then this is who we are his new creation by water and the word the ones whom he came from heaven and sought to be his holy bride and bought with his blood. Remember who you are. A Christian people, little Christs, bought for a price to be united in the cause of making Christ known. united in declaring and proclaiming the lordship of jesus christ with all believers exemplifying the character of christ trusting in his word and living lives in harmony and in unity with others who profess these truths be it in northern ireland or romania be it in england or azerbaijan be it in Brazil or Australia. Jesus Christ is the church's one true foundation. And if that ever ceases to be the case, I want to give you permission to run. If Jesus stops being the one foundation in this church, run for the hills. Run. Run. Jesus is the church's one foundation. And we are to be a kingdom-minded people. Not building the kingdom of any pastor. Not building the kingdom of any congregation. Not building the kingdom of any denomination. But accepting the invitation of Christ to join him as he builds his church. And ushers in his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven we are to be a Christian people a people working with Christ building the kingdom of Christ the King and a Christian people should be a united people and a Christian people should be kingdom minded kingdom focused and you know what incredible things happen when we remember who we are incredible things happen when the holy catholic with a small c when the holy catholic church works together in unity of purpose in fact and i love this psalm 133 tells us that when this happens our wonderful god commands a blessing you don't believe me it's right here Forevermore. When we are a Christian people united in purpose, God commands a blessing. And what is that blessing? Life forevermore. And it's not just life forevermore for me, it's not just life forevermore for you. But as Pastor Norman said, we're to win souls one soul at a time. When we dwell together in unity, when we are the Christian people, united as Christ has called us to be, people are attracted to that. And we get the opportunity to live out the love of Christ and to share the love of Christ with others. And very often, that leads to life forever more. Isn't it funny? Imagine that. Blessing as a result of obedience to God. Let us be the Christian people that he has called us to be. Secondly, as well as being the church, a Christian people, we are also called to be a people of holiness. We're called to be a holy people. Our God who is holy calls us as his people to a life of holiness. It's, it's all over the scriptures, right? There are so many verses and there are so many different passages which we could draw from this morning. However, the most prevalent, perhaps the most straightforward, and perhaps the one that doesn't miss you and hit the wall the most is found in Leviticus chapter 11 and verse 44 and the first half of the verse says this for I am the Lord your God consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am holy this is pretty straightforward as far as the commands of God go our God who is holy calls us his children as his people to be holy, as he is holy. He calls us to a life of holiness. But whilst the command is very straightforward, very often the living out can be complicated and difficult. And we find that we're unable to do it on our own. Yes, I believe when we come to Christ... And he gives, and we give our lives to him, that we are a new creation, and that the old is gone and the new is come, just as the scripture says. But if we were to try and live lives of holiness and achieve this holiness in our own strength, in our own skill set, in our own giftings, we would fall short every single time. We would. Even the most gifted. And the most skilled among us, even the most experienced and most mature Christian, would still fall short. In fact, the people of Israel, those who were under the Mosaic law, the law given by God to Moses for the people of Israel, they find this out time and time again. The reality is, we need a helper we need someone to help us if we are to be the holy people of god if we are to be the church which god has called us to be we need help because we simply cannot do this on our own and i've got to admit that's really difficult for me to admit this morning because i am one of those men that frustrate the life out of their wives because i don't read the instruction Manuals. I think I know how to do it. And 9.95 times out of 10, I don't have a clue. But if I am to be holy, if you are to be holy, as God is holy, we need a bit of help, don't we? We need a bit of help. We need a lot of help. The good good news this morning is this. We were never, ever asked to do this on our own. We were never asked to do it in isolation. We were never asked to do it on our own. Not only did God give us one another to live in community together as the people of God, iron sharpening iron as one man sharpens another, but we have also been given the promised Holy Spirit. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we looked at this statement, I believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you remember when we looked at that on Pentecost Sunday? We, we were never asked to do this, to achieve this holiness on our own. Rather, we believe that the Holy Spirit seeks to do in us A second work of grace whereby he sanctifies us, forms us into the image of Christ, sanctifies us wholly, cleansing us from all sin, renewing us in the image of God, empowering us to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind and strength. And loving our neighbours as ourselves. Producing in us the character of Christ. Now I don't want you to be confused by this terminology. Entire sanctification or sanctified holy. Because this doesn't mean that we'll never make a mistake again. This doesn't mean that we'll never sin again. But rather to be sanctified holy. This doctrine of entire sanctification means that we are abandoned to God. That we are made free from original sin and brought into a state of entire devotement to God. We're still growing in grace. We're still pursuing after Christ. We don't claim that we have made it, but rather we are seeking with all our being with the help of the Holy Spirit of God to live this life of holiness to which we have been called. Church, I really felt compelled this week to share this with you this morning to the glory of God because I can pinpoint, I can pinpoint that moment in my life, that second crisis experience where I was sanctified wholly by the Holy Spirit of God. In my teenage years, some of you know I held this tension between my desire to pursue a career in law and the definite call of God that was placed on my life at the age of 15, which I received clear as day at a Nazarene youth event in our Skegeneal church. As the time came to accept offers for university, I had four offers for law and one offer for theology, and I'd only really applied for theology to appease my dad and to keep him quiet. Right? And the dream offer came law and politics at Queen's University, following in the footsteps of Jeremy Paxman. I was very excited. It had been received, but as I went to click accept, as I went to click the accept button, the Holy Spirit of God washed over me in a way that I cannot describe to you. I said, Remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are my son. And I have called you. Needless to say, as the tears rolled down my face, as they are now for some reason, as the tears rolled down my face in the Sixth Form Centre of Lauren Grammar School, I did not click accept and rather followed the call of God on my life and accepted the offer to study theology. But that wasn't the moment of entire sanctification. That wasn't that second crisis moment. That moment came only whenever I said to God, take my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee. My second crisis experience, my moment of being entirely sanctified it's not just a moment for me but it's a moment that God offers to you today and your moment will not be the same as mine and mine will not look the same as yours you might not be called to be a pastor but each one of us are called to wholly devote ourselves to God to live a life Of holiness I truly believe this morning that the Holy Spirit of God is moving from heart to heart from seat to seat and that he is convicting that he is cleansing that he is filling that he is empowering that he is seeking and that he is seeking to sanctify holy anyone who is open To his prompting. I've made a lot of mistakes since that day. I've let a lot of people down and I've let God down more times than I care to admit. But the reality is I'm still a work in progress and I will be until the day that I die. And so will you. You don't have to have it all together god does not call you to have it all together he calls you to be entirely devoted to him but as god the father calls us to be holy as he is holy to consecrate ourselves before him the holy spirit of god draws alongside and empowers us to love god with our whole heart soul mind and strength and to love our neighbor as ourself we are called to be a holy people a people of holiness and we're going to forget about the last point this morning we're going to stop because i think that god's moving i think that god's dealing with people's hearts God offers you entire devotion to him this morning he offers you the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God baptism of the Spirit entire sanctification perfect love whatever you want to call it he offers you all of himself And all he asks in return is all of yourself. So before we close in song, before we do anything else, take a moment, respond to God, respond to that prompting, do business with him. Because I believe in the church. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, a Christian people, a holiness people, a missional people. But if we are to be the people that God has called us to be, we've got to do business with him. So in the stillness, in the quietness, do business with God. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you that you haven't given up on us. Thank you, Lord, that you still pursue us. That you're still working on us. Lord, we thank you for those days where we did not know you, that you wooed us by your provenient grace. By the power of your Holy Spirit, that you drew us to yourself. That we were found by you, and we find you, and we give our lives to you. But Lord, today we pray for a second crisis experience. We pray that each one of us may be sanctified wholly by the power of Your Holy Spirit, that we may be entirely devoted to You, to Your mission, to Your cause. To your kingdom and to your church. Lord we know that this is not. That this would never be a mistake. Because you have promised. That you will build your church. And that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord help us. Move in our hearts. Move in our lives. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. That we may be a part of the extension of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. If you can, let's stand together. If you need to go, that's okay as well. But let's stand and let's close our time together as we sing a great hymn of the church. Oh, church, arise. Because I believe in the church Do you. Church, let's arise and put our armour on.